Hello? Hello, and welcome to The Rest of Us. That's right. This is The Rest of Us. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm... And I'm Aaron Brinker. How you doing today, Aaron? Ah, you know me. Alive, alert, awake, and enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> At least for the next hour or so. Then, then I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you get up, you hit the ground running, and then... Right. The weight of the day and the and the week and the it just kind of hits you and you go like, <sighs> at least it's Friday, so we can justifiably say I need a weekend, right? As we record, it's a Friday. You know, when you do that on a Monday, then you're like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's like, this is why I don't record anything on Friday. I mean, record. I don't generally plan anything on a Friday night. Now, sometimes it's inevitable and unavoidable. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I have to – that there's something that we have to do on a Friday, but – Yeah. Other people like to put events on Fridays, right? Yeah. Bad idea. Um, I'll go to events throughout the week. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are usually mm-hmm. the event nights that you know something's going on. Yeah. Uh, Mondays I generally have meetings, but Fridays, uh-uh. I'm usually brain dead on Fridays. Yeah. 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 When you finally hang it up on a Friday and uh... – Working at home, as we talked about recently, makes it hard sometimes to even hang it up on a Friday. But it does. But sometimes your body just says, "Nope, you're done. <laughs> you're done. Time to watch some some brain dead entertainment." Have you been watching anything interesting? Um, not really. Yeah, I just watched a series. My wife and I watched it. And the only part that bothered me is we're watching it, and she's like, "Don't watch anything until I'm there to watch it with you." Like, oh, but, that's so hard. But I'm like, I'm really caught up in it. I want to keep going, and she's not here yet. It's like, Arr. but well, we. But can, the Cohen thing and I have the same argument though. Yeah, Cohen and I do. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I, I was going to say what we did is it, it, we watched uh, a, a series that was released back in 2016. I think initially it was 2016 to 2018. There was two years before I got into it. I looked it up on Wikipedia enough to see that they knew they were going to be canceled, and so they did a two-hour finale excuse me, for the whole series. So I knew it wasn't going to be like, oh, it just stopped. Okay, that, now that, I'm curious. What is that it? That worries me about TV shows, you know, because TV shows will get canceled and you never get conclusion. And it's like, I knew this was a TV show that had been on, I don't know which station, but um, I think it was an NBC show or something back in the twenty in 2016. It was called Timeless. And it's... It's interesting because it's it's a time travel thing, so it's kind of sci-fi, but it's um, you know they get, they go back to different times and points in history, and so they're telling you things about history. And what they what the writers did was they kind of uh, stretched to tell you a little bit about some of the people in history that you that you maybe didn't know all the details about, right? So they would tell you things about some of these historical people that you didn't really necessarily know. You know, so like, like true things or things that they think are true. They they it was all historically based, so it was well researched. Um, and so, I mean, uh, obviously, entertainment wise, they may have you know bent things a little bit in order to make it fit their timeline or fit you know for entertainment. But uh, it was basically you know good guys and bad guys, and the bad guys are going back to try to change things in history in order to change the present, and the good guys are trying to make sure that they don't do that. Um, so, you know, they try to, um, um, in one case, they try to, um, uh, change the assassination of Lincoln and, uh, you know, and so the good guys going back and what's interesting is the, the good guys don't always win. And so then there were some, some interesting changes to the way things were when they get back to their own timeline and, and how things might've changed one way or another. 
it's uh, it was it was entertaining. It was it was bubblegum TV. It wasn't there was not you know like heavy drama or anything. But I it was fun. It was two seasons. It, there was a beginning, a middle, and an end. Um, and uh, and we enjoyed that. And so last night, there's a series that has gotten really good reviews over the years from AMC that I had not ever sat down and watched. And so we watched the first few uh, episodes of that. And it was an AMC Killing Eve, and it's a spy spy thing. But what's interesting is there's two strong women leads um, that run the show. Um, Sandra Oh is phenomenal as the MI6 agent who was born in the UK but then raised in the US and then moved back to the UK and she now works for MI6 as an analyst who sort of gets dragged into being uh, or kind of wants to go but doesn't know what she's getting into being a field agent. And then um uh uh the um I'm blanking on the actress's name that plays the sort of um uh amoral mass murdering contract killer. Um, that sort of fixates on her, knowing that she's being hunted by MI6, and so they, it sort of ties into the the two of them and their relationship, and uh, you know the hunter and the hunted, and uh, it, 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 very interesting. It was it's gotten lots of reviews, and there was four seasons of that, uh, and again they they knew that there was a it was the end was coming, and so they finished it. And at least that's what I've been told. I haven't gotten there yet myself, but. Uh, uh, I recommend huh. both of them, but realize that the Timeless is very much bubblegum TV. The the other one's a little bit more intriguing. If you're not a sci-fi fan, you may not find the other one interesting. So interesting show. And you say that that I like. What have you been watching? And my brain mm-hmm. is in. It was not in. I, I, it's been a busy week, so I wasn't thinking about shows. Right. But there I kind of cued show. your thoughts here a little bit. Right, my... <laughs> right, exactly. You've primed the pump. Yeah. A show that I, we've been watching that I that I really like, or we we just finished it. It's called Paper Girls. It's on Amazon. Have you heard of that? I've seen a thing pop up for it, but I have not watched it or, or watched the like a teaser for it or anything. I've just you know you know when you're flipping through streaming, sometimes you get the little like poster basically saying here's this show and here's this show and here's that show. So tell me about it. So it's essentially these four paper girls. This is set in 1988. Paper um, girls like delivering newspapers. Exactly, and ah, okay. they deliver early in the morning. They're all 12 years old, and they're out the night after Halloween, and they're kind of sticking together because there's a lot of idiots out, and they don't want to get Halloween. harassed, mm-hmm. and you know, <laughs> it's it's exactly, um, and so they are they find themselves in the crossfire, so to speak, of two warring time traveling factions. One mm. that wants to um, get rid of our time. <sighs> framework because it's not real and the other ones who want to keep it in place mm-hmm. and but they don't really know what's happening they find themselves swept up to uh you know 2019 i think interesting the premise sounds very much like um like timeless except that the the that it's from the perspective of maybe some some uh innocent bystanders initially yes 12 year old girls right innocent bystanders and but 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 there are there are twists and you know when you th- it's the kind of thing where you just when you think okay they're out of it they're they're you know they're going to be able to get back home and something else happens and it's really good i we really enjoyed it um and we got all the way through the series oh pardon me gosh mm-hmm. i need some co- coffee i apologize i mean a yawn in your ear how many um, seasons so, uh that's a good question i think there were two okay so now the next question is, is it seasons as seasons are today or is it seasons like meaning 
10 episodes or less? Or is it seasons like TV was at one point in time when there was sometimes up to 20 episodes? Oh, there weren't. It's not like, no. I mean, this is a this is a, a mm-hmm. streaming kind of a thing. The first right. episode um, aired on Amazon on July 29th. And so maybe ah. there's just one season. Okay, I think so there's far. just one season. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're asking me a question that I, I'm like, oh, I, you know, I really, really wasn't paying attention. I'm I was just, just like, you know, oh, yeah. there's another one. Oh, there's another one. Okay, so publication right. date. Okay, these are from. Um, oh, this is never mind. This is from a paperback. I was going to say, oh, look, there's all these thirty episodes, but no, yeah. these are different books. But there's lots of source material, so there may be some subsequent seasons and op- episodes, right? Indeed, yes, yes. Very cool. It's 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 intricate. Um, and I don't know, maybe it came yeah. from a comic book. Oh yeah, it came from a comic book. Well, say so having worked from um uh, uh in newspapers before, uh, and actually doing, I wasn't a paper boy when I was like you know young. But as a – or real young anyway, as a college student, I did what they called single copy delivery, uh, which is weird because you think single copy delivery is what would be delivered to homes, right? But that's called home delivery. Single copy delivery was delivery to like the Seven Eleven and the donut shop and filling the the, the racks, the, the, the um, vending machines that sold newspapers out in front of – you know, grocery stores and at the airport and things like that. So I would drive around and put, you know, this particular location is supposed to get 16 papers and you'd take the old ones and you put the new ones. And, and so, and, and I this never, is pre-internet folks. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, this is how people got their news back, back into the day. Right. Yeah. Uh, and well, that was I'm sort of my kid. college job was working at the newspaper. And then I ended up, um, once I was working for the newspaper, then finding out about some jobs that didn't require me to drive a truck around in the wee hours of the morning. And so I then took some other jobs within the newspaper um, and eventually worked as the IT director and vice president of technology for a couple of newspapers. But that's neither here nor there. By the way, the other um, lead on... Um, um, uh, Killing Eve? Ki- Killing Eve is uh, Jody uh, Comer. Comer? Oh, I don't even know who that is. Yeah, she's a, a blonde. She's done actually a lot of stuff. I think if you recognized her... She's uh, one of those girls in that thing. Yeah, you'd probably go like, "Oh, okay," you know. But I mean, she's not like a big superstar, but she's done a variety of things. I think the most recent thing she was in a movie with um, um, Ryan Reynolds called Free Guy. Oh. And she played his sort of dream girl. You and, know, uh, she must be decent because if she can hold her own next to the ten thousand watt bulb that is Sandra O. Oh, right. Um, then you know she's got to have some talent. She has to have mm-hmm. some chops. Yeah. Now she was imp- she's impressive because because her character essentially is um, uh, a person who is you know literally a, a a sociopath a psychopath she doesn't have any um, real feelings for others and so that makes it easy for her, that, her to then be a contract killer because she doesn't it doesn't affect her in any way there's no ambiguity in her you know emotional state about what's going on. Uh, although she recognizes that other people do, and so she will like mess with them and pretend to be upset or something, and then laugh at them. So yeah, she's pretty evil as a bad, bad, bad person. So Hollywood is really fascinated, and I mean fascinated by the idea of a female contract killer. Yeah. It's like you know they you see them or female killers at all, right? And, you know, it, it, Tobin and I often joke that that all of the Law and Orders, unless there's a really, really famous person dun, on, dun, 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 exactly, dun, dun. and we love Law and Order, 
unless there's a really famous person who's of a different um, sex or a different Mm -hmm. race, it's 99 times out of 10, 99% of the time, 99 out of 10. 99 99 out of of 10. That sounds like the kind of stats that gets thrown around today. Exactly. (laughs) The, the, The killer is a white woman. Now, how often are killers actually white women? I mean, statistically. Yeah, they're, they're just not or women at all. I mean, it's well, exactly. You know. But it's, no, 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 it's got. No, I mean, be there are women. Women. There are women. There are you know there, there are some. There but are. you're right. But you know, you look at like serial killers and stuff, and it's like they're pretty much always some guy, some exactly. dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's um, it's really well done though, and it's and like I said, it's interesting to have two strong female leads, and and they both are scary good at. at at the roles that they're playing. And so, so far, um, you know, I mean, if you look at, uh, killing Eve, I mean, if you'll just do a little reading about, you know, some of the reviews of it and stuff, it was yeah, really well, well received, especially the first couple seasons, like a lot of shows, I think sometimes you, uh, start to get a little, um, a little wonky sometimes as you go. Um, well, it gets harder to maintain the stress and the, you know, the, the, the tension and you know like if you if it drags on too long it's really hard to continue to care about these characters it's like all right move the plot forward i get it she's running or she's evil or she's whatever exactly yeah and you can't you know when you and the trick of playing somebody who's evil i think also is that um you know you you can't uh at some point you know you can't be evil without having some reason some sort of you know you can't just be people lose interest in a bad guy who's just bad you know, right. there's got to be some sort Unless of... Unless it's Voldemort. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you're like, I don't understand why, but that guy's no good. The first season, by the way, was written by uh, 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 Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she's also outstanding. And uh, she um, uh, did a... She's an actress, comedian, writer, and she did a series that's uh, English, by the, by the way, that's also really, really good called Fleabag. And there's two seasons of that. Um, and those, uh, I, there may be another season of that coming, but it was, uh, outstanding and hilarious and incredibly distasteful, but, but, but funny. Um, is it, is it kind of like shameless, like that kind of distasteful? Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of like shameless and, uh, and she, uh, as the lead character does a lot of breaking the fourth wall, she stops and turns and talks directly to the camera. Or she'll, like, give a look to the camera when somebody's talking and she's, like, you're full of it kind of thing. She'll look, like, at the camera and raise an eyebrow, like, ugh. You know, and it, it's it's just really well done. So I recommend Fleabag as well. I had actually watched that a while ago. And so, um, but it was interesting when I found out that she did the whole first season uh, as the writer, or the head writer anyway. Um, I don't know if she did subsequent work with them, but, uh, but yeah. That it doesn't surprise me now that it's it, the stories are well done because she's really talented. So, but that's not what we were here to talk about. That was just sort of the hey, what's going on in your life? And you know, it's kind of fun sometimes to share what you're watching because it gives other people ideas to go watch something. And so I, I like to do that. Um, you know, well, and people don't. I mean, it's they're coming back to the water cooler, but there's no water cooler if you're working remotely, right? So right, you know, right, the, the, the getting people's opinions about. Yeah. Uh, different shows that they're watching, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or just anything that's talking about 
anything that's not politics is sometimes hard to find. Yeah, well, and, <laughs> and you and I, you that, and I move into politics. Well, <laughs> and you and I both shared that we watch it with our spouses. You know, we 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 although I watch some things on my own, I also pick some series. Um, as example by Killing Eve that we've just started and Timeless that we just finished, that uh, it's kind of fun to watch something with them. And you know what? It's there's there's a certain amount of joy in withholding it from yourself and waiting so that the two of you can watch it together, you know. And then we're going like, oh, she's going to kill that guy, you know, that kind of thing. Like you know, just you know, and it's just it's it's fun to to to, to dive into the fantasy with somebody too. So. So, did you used to watch the uh, show Chips back in the day? A little bit, on and off. I wasn't a huge fan, but yeah. Do you know the the guy who played the sergeant in Chips is the father of Chris Pine? He's Chris Pine's dad. Oh yeah, yeah. I knew he was an actor. I didn't realize that was one of his roles. And I wouldn't have mm-hmm. put the two together at all, except I saw a picture of the the two of them, like a side by side snapshots mm-hmm. of them, headshots, and the resemblance is very strong. I don't know why I didn't notice it before. Yeah, one of them just had a birthday or something, right? And so I saw some. I saw. I just recently saw a picture of the two of them together, but I knew that he had a dad. Uh, in the uh, industry, so in, to speak. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny that there's. I think anybody who is like thirty something or less, and Chris Pine's forty one, um, but uh, in the industry these days, I think a good number of them at this point are, um, you know sons and daughters of people who were in the industry. Right. Um, not always necessarily the, you know, like they may be in front of the camera and their dad was a producer or a camera person or a lighting person or something like that. But it's, it's, it's an industry where it's, it's who, you know, when you get hired in a lot of cases. Oh, indeed. You know? And Absolutely. so, you know, you look at like, uh, you know, Bo Bridges was, you know, Lloyd Bridges son. Right. I mean, it's, 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 uh, you know, uh, Robert Pine is Chris Pine's dad. You know, and Chris Pine arguably has gotten more famous than his dad, who was more of a character actor and a television guy. I mean, I'm just looking at Robert Pine's Wikipedia page and he says he was on, on over 400 episodes of television, um, you know, and yes. uh, as well as Chips, you know. So, I mean, that was on for six years. So back when seasons were 20 episodes apiece. So, <laughs> you know. But yes. uh, you roll through and, a guy's. But lived on yeah. forever in, in syndication. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, in fact, so much so that, that they actually went and did a Chips movie, right? Um, oh, gosh. Did you have you seen that? It wasn't like a spoof of Chips. So that it was yes, a comedy. It was utterly ridiculous. And, and I started watching it and I couldn't stand it. Tobin loved it. Yeah. So um, it's it's got to be something that that is that guys prefer more than than girls, yeah. you know, kind of like the Three Stooges. Yeah. Uh, you know, I it's funny because while I will sit and watch a like a Three Stooges or some of the old comedy, you know, slapstick, I don't like a lot of the sort of the slapstick comedies or some of the um the, you know, adult comedies that, you know, are are making and they say adult comedies because there are lots of fart jokes and, you know, uh, it doesn't sound bodily, very adult bodily, to me. <laughs> bodily parts and functions joke. Well, but then they like to show off somebody's, you know, naked bodies and stuff. And so that's why they're, quote, adult comedies. Um, oh, I see. That's what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so, I mean, I, I just don't care for a lot of slapstick. I, I don't. It's to me, it's it's I mean, I'm not saying that it can't be done well, but too often it's it's a cheap laugh. And I prefer a, a comedian who actually thinks about the comedy and and gets the laugh because of, you know, irony that they're able to point out that you might not have seen pre- prior 
as opposed to somebody that comes out and, you know, smashes a watermelon. Sorry, Gallagher. <laughs> so, you know, speaking of comedies like that, um, I really like Adam Sandler. And mm-hmm. Adam Sandler can put out the absolute, I mean, absolute most sophomoric garbage I've ever seen, right. and I'll laugh all the way through it. And so sometimes that's that's appropriate. He and Rob Schneider, for example, work really well together. And Rob Schneider's insane. Yeah. I- <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think there's ever a role when he says, well, okay, we want you to wear seaweed on your head and coconut bras and um, and Rob's like, dates. okay, yeah, exactly. He's like, okay, I can do that. How yeah, about if exactly. I have a glass eye? <laughs> I mean, like, okay. yeah, I mean, it just, it's, you're right. He's, he'll do, he, he'll do outrageous and he does it really well. I tend to like, um, um, not Rob Schneider, but, um, uh, Adam Sandler in other people's movies more than the ones that he produces himself. You Although know, I think he produced Spanglish, didn't he? Um, I don't know that he did Spanglish, which I think is one of his best. I don't think, oh, he, I don't so think good. he was behind that one. Although, you know, at the level he's at these days, he probably gets like co-produ- co he's probably co-producer in a lot of stuff or, you know, executive producer or whatever, even if he's not actively doing anything, um, you know, because he's going to get that kind of credit because he's, he's a big enough name. Um, but uh, I guess maybe I shouldn't even say produced. I should say maybe directed because I know he he self directs a lot of his his comedies. But like um, you know, sometimes when he pairs up with um, um, Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore, and they've done several movies together. His uh, some of them are are done by his production company, and some are done by hers. And right. I think the ones done by hers tend to be better. <laughs> you well, know. I, I, I like I, – I guess I, what I'm saying is I like his talent, but I don't always like his taste. So you're not a fan of Happy Madison Productions. <laughs> so so um, moving away from entertainment news – and this one just popped up, and I don't know if you've seen this yet. Uh, yes, because but it, do you mess with the Zohan? <laughs> that one I've never seen. That yeah. one I've never seen. So Apple is warning of a security of security flaw mm-hmm. for iPhones, iPads, and Macs. Did you have you heard about this? Because this is coming from WCVB in Boston, and it, and it literally just hit. Uh, yeah, the... ye- yesterday is when they pushed that out, and they actually pushed out a an update to all of the operating systems. So it was a point update or a point point update, whatever you call it. So like they're uh, on fifteen point six, and this is fifteen point six point one update and they recommend everybody does the update and they pushed it out yesterday if you have your phone set to automatic update then it probably happened overnight um if and and so this morning when you got on your phone if it asked you to put in your pin code again because it didn't recognize your face or your fingerprint that's probably why uh if not you can go to settings general and then updates and force the update and i would recommend it to everybody yeah they say that that this the the vulnerability that exists right now means a hacker could get full admin access to your device. That's mm-hmm. that's like they could just take it over. This would allow intruders to impersonate the device's owner and subsequently run off, run any software in their name. So they could plant anything and they could do anything. They could just take mm-hmm. it over, you know. And, and then I think about stuff like this because, um, you know, there there are patches, whether you have a PC or an Apple device, there are patches that come out all the time and there's right. updates that come out all the time. But, you know, you don't you don't drive your computer. 
what about all of all of the cars? And it's, people think, oh yeah, the most technologically technologically forward car is the Tesla. But even if you're buying, you know, a Toyota, there's a there's a computer in that Toyota mm-hmm. running that car. Yeah, and, and hackers have already shown that they can not only hack it, but that they've been able to hack computer cars at a distance uh, via Wi-Fi. Um, you know, because there are software updates that feed Wi-Fi or that, that attach to your vehicle via Wi-Fi now. Like like other electronic devices, not only the Tesla, but other cars as well. Um, That's really scary, Todd. Yeah, yeah. In fact, um, I, I think it was probably a year ago or more that they demonstrated that um, that it was a brand new Jeep that they could then hack into and basically just shut off the engine while you're driving down the road if they wanted to. And they said they could do other things too, but they didn't want to demonstrate it. But the, but so, they but they told them this was white hat hackers that told the manufacturer about it and demonstrated it to them. Yeah, I mean, so. imagine yourself, you're driving down, you know, you're driving from New York to Florida on the I-95, or you're on the 405 in the greater Los Angeles, or in Los Angeles, and all of a sudden, you are you don't have control over your car anymore. Mm-hmm. You're in the fast lane, and all of a sudden, or in one of the middle lanes, which it's like a parking lot, and all of a sudden, your car shuts off. You mm-hmm. know, that's that's kind of terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely is. Um, you know, and anything, I mean... When you look at your device these days, there's thousands and thousands, millions in some cases, lines of code in there. And so there's no way to make it perfectly safe. What they do is they plug the holes as they find them. They actively look for them. They pay people, you know, uh, bounties to, to find, you know, mistakes or errors or gaps in the software that people could then take advantage of. Um, sometimes though, too, and, you know, they, they tend to say, Hey, this is serious, but it's, it's, you know, and I don't know the specifics of this one, but sometimes, uh, some of these types of things, they say, Oh, it's really serious, but that person has to physically have your phone. So like you have to have like turned it over to somebody to then let them have access to it like that. Um, you know, or in the case of say like iOS, they have, they have, you know, full user access, administrator access, but, uh, even at that level, the the operating system is designed so that every piece of software runs in a silo so that, like, application A can't send information to application B or track application C uh, because they're all running as if they were all in their own little virtual machine on, inside your phone. And so, you know, there's only so much that, that they can do even if they have access to it. But, uh, but and forgive a, me, I didn't hear you say that. I know that that's true in, in an Apple phone. Is that true in an Android phone? Um, it is not true in an Android phone. Their operating system is designed a little differently. And so from the ground up, it's it's not siloed quite the same way. Although they've they've actually gone and updated Android in, uh, in, in you know, over the years as well. And so it's also um, more locked down. But by by design, they allow you to have more access to the uh, OS and allowed you to, to load software that has not been, you know, pumped through their, their store. And while again, it's not perfect, you know, scanning through the store is a safer place to load software than, than not. Whereas Apple only allows that uh, Google play recommends it. And that's the default, but you can go in and change the settings and load software off of a website, just like you could with a computer. Yeah, I mean, Google, or not Google, uh, well, I mean, some of it's Google. Android allows you so much flexibility. Um, and if you're a tech guy, you know, like you, and you know what you're doing, it can be really, it can be very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, I prefer a more locked down environment because I don't have time to think about my phone. Yeah. Well, and, and quite frankly, you know, I've come to the conclusion on a lot of this stuff too, and I've, I'm pretty much, you know, 100% Apple products now. 
Um, you know, and I've, and I have at times had Android phones. I've actually gone, you know, and purchased an Android phone and ran one for a month at one point in time just to say, do I want to switch, you know? Um, and the things that I could do there that I can't do on the Apple really didn't affect the, my, my use case for the phone. And so I said, well, you know, so what's, what's the advantage of doing this versus something else? Well, you know, I, there are some less expensive phones available, but I wouldn't, those aren't the ones that interested me anyway. I want the ones that have the high-end quality cameras and stuff like that. And so it was like, eh, you know. Now, I, I did use a, uh, at the time, it was a Google Pixel phone. And that was particular because I wanted to use the stripped-down basic version of, and I didn't say stripped-down, but the raw version of Android. Whereas if you buy a, a Samsung or, or, you know, another brand, they usually put their own templates over the top of it so that you're running their version of Android. Um but I also wanted to be able to download latest patches and bug fixes directly from Google. So it was more closely paralleling the Apple experience. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I love Apple products, too. And, you know, I'm on a, on a MacBook and I, I have an, an iPhone. But as far as my work environment, we use G Suite in the, in the nonprofit mm-hmm. that I work for. And I love how everything is so integrated. Yeah, and that's, very common. It's uh, it it it, mm-hmm. and I understand that they're mining the heck out of my data, but I mean seriously, not it's work. So it's not no, right. for nonprofit. You're gonna ooh, mm-hmm. she's talking about um, programs for little kids. Yeah, no, a friend <laughs> of mine switched from from Apple to. In fact, I ended up selling her the Google phone that I had, uh, and then apparently she was doing some. Uh, offshore fishing and it went for a swim and so she replaced it with another google phone but uh um, but she wanted a google phone because for that very reason that the school that she teaches at is all google and all you know everything and so she just said it's more integrated it's easier to do everything together you know and i think back when i first i mean i've i I was supporting both macs and pcs in the newspaper environment you know because they were used for different things within the newspapers that i worked in and so i needed to be able to be familiar with both um, but I remember when I bought the first um, Mac Mini that was running OS X, an early version of OS X, and I wanted it, I needed a machine that was supported of OS X to take a look at it. So I bought one and brought it home and, and you know and started playing with it. But the main motivation for me at the time was this was very early on in like iPod world. It was I used iTunes to um, uh, rip all of my CDs into into uh, iTunes or I mean into iTunes so that I would have it electronically so that I could then put them onto my iPod to listen to them. And, uh, um, <clears throat> the version of iTunes that ran in windows was okay, but it was clunky. And I thought, well, you know, what? I want to see if it's better and, you know, works better on, on the Mac world. And I found that my iPods and my iTunes and everything seemed to be much, much more reliable and work better in in Mac OS than they did in Windows. And that was sort of my first reason for kind of playing around with a modern Mac. Um, and I remember I sat it in our living room on the dining room, or I'm sorry, in the dining room on the dining room table. And although I had several laptops and, and, a, and a Windows PC upstairs that my daughters could use for school and stuff, everybody migrated and started using the Mac before, I mean, in a month. That, that became the computer that everybody was, you know, like waiting for the person in front of them to finish so they could use it. Oh, interesting. And and everybody was using it, and I wasn't getting, Dad, how do I? Dad, it won't do. Dad, it, how, it, how come the computer's rebooting and you know keeps restarting oh, and, yes. and doing these updates in the middle of what I'm doing? And, and that didn't happen on the Mac. And it was like, hey. 
That is the single most irritating thing, uh, like the the most irritating thing about PCs is that they will randomly update. Yeah. And you could be in the middle of literally in the middle of something, and all of a sudden it renders your computer unusable. And you yeah. could be in the middle of a presentation or whatever a deadline, yeah. and all of a sudden you don't have access to your stuff anymore. Yeah, sometimes twenty minutes, half hour, sometimes an hour. You know, as, yeah. it's, as it's downloading and 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 updating and rebooting, and you're like, uh, excuse you. Yeah. <laughs> so. I want to I want to circle back. I, I I don't know why I didn't bring this up before when we we're talking about series. Are you going to watch House of the Dragon? Yeah, the first episode is Sunday, huh? I'll watch yes. the first episode and go from there. I mean, we'll see. Um, I watched the the uh, there's like a you know two minute teaser preview type thing that I that I, I and there's been a couple of them I think and I've watched them. They look looks interesting and at the same time I'm fearful of lots of fancy production value and not a particularly good story. And so we'll see. Yeah, well, and this story didn't come from uh, J. J uh, R. R. Martin, right? This is yeah. based on... Um, yeah. He, he uh, you know, has some... been a consultant on it, but he's not... Yeah, this is not based on on a book that he wrote and, and has all the detail right there. And what scares me a little bit is that's exactly where the original series went bad is when they stopped using his source material. When they were using his source material. Yeah. His, his source material was great, but season seven and eight, when they were basically filling in off of, off of his cliff notes felt like cliff notes. <laughs> it really did. It's like, huh? Okay. You know, I mean the first season we spent, you know, basically traveling around the, 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 the land and it took that long to get from point A to point B. And the second season, they're here, they're there, they're here. You know, it was like, yeah, it felt yes. like it felt like the Cliff Notes version of the story. So, I wonder. You know, I, I think of um, Viserys Targaryen in Game of Thrones, who was um, uh, the the king, so to speak, that was out in exile, who married off his sister like a broodmare to. Um, the Dothraki, mm-hmm. and um, now of course she was the dragon, not him. And he, but he was this self-important nitwit right. uh, that you just you wanted him to have the melted metal poured on his head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think he was sort of exemplifying the 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 uh, end result of of too long in power and crossbreeding and everything that was bad with their rule. So yes. presumably, we're going to see. You know, the beginning of that, or at least early on in that process, where they were, uh, if not necessarily good and benevolent rulers, not stupid. Right. This is before the Mad, mad King. Right. And, and I wonder if, if how different the, you know, the, the Viserys who came before will be the, you know, then mm-hmm. the one that was in the the first season of Game of Thrones when, you yeah. know, before he sold his sister off to, yeah. or as he sold his sister off as a broodmare. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, like I said, I'm going to watch it with some skepticism, and we'll see how long I stay engaged. Um, the other thing is, is, and this is just me being spoiled, I've gotten really used to sitting and being able to watch, you know, as many episodes as I feel like watching in a sitting. And the spoon-feeding me one a week, the way HBO does, is just feels very old-fashioned to me and irritating. Right, right. You know? I like that, you know, the, the Netflix style of, you know, drop a season. Um, Apple sort of settled in between on Apple TV Plus where they send they tend to drop two or three episodes to start and then go one a week to kind of create a season. Um, and I'm okay with that. But, 
you know, I still find it sometimes frustrating to have to wait a week. Um, you know, but there are some shows that that's just the way they do it. All the shows used to be that way. I know. Every week they'd have a cliffhanger and you were just dying to watch your must-see TV on Find a Thursday Find out what night. happens next week on Chips. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or even Grey's Anatomy before before the streaming was as big as it is. Yeah, you so know. Grey's Anatomy was on while Chips was on. It's been on since Chips been on. It'll be on <laughs> when you die. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy, you know, uh, Ellen Pompeo will be 105 years old and yeah. it will still be on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Very old so, and wrinkled mm-hmm. anatomy at this point, but you know. <laughs> no, I tease, but I know you're a fan, and my wife's a fan, and my daughters are fans. So, okay, it's a total soap opera. Yeah. It is. Speaking of soap operas, guess what? Guess what show is going off the air? I don't think know. about think about uh, your sister's favorite soap opera in the late '80s. General Hospital. No, no. Uh, Days uh, of Our Lives. Uh, Days of Our Lives. Yeah, it's going to be one of those two. I think General Hospital was more like when I was in college, there was actually people in my at college kids who were watching Luke and Laura. So that was too early for them. Oh, so you're right. Days of, our, Days of Our Lives is more, more my kids' speed. But you're right. Everybody watched Luke and Laura. It was, Everybody did. It, I mean, it was like a, it was a cultural phenomenon. It really but, was. But, but Days <laughs> of Our Lives has announced that they're winding it up. Wow. Are they and the it, last it, sort of daytime soap? No, I think I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm working during the day. I think I think General Hospital and and mm-hmm. uh, you know As I think that's still on the turned. air. Yeah, well, I don't I, know if that I, one's around. I don't either. But Days of Our Lives, um, uh, they are. They, I think they went on the air in the in the '60s. So they've been on for like ever. Like I think '63 because they've been on yeah. for like or '65 because they've been on for '67. 58 years ago is when they donated or donated when they debuted. I'm a, I'm a fun development director. Can you yeah. tell what they donated? Yeah. Um, uh, you think about so, it though. I mean, what a great place and all the people who've moved through there. I mean, you find out all kinds of actors and actresses that, you know, now had their start on, if not days of our lives, one of those kind of soaps, because you're literally learning, you know, a, a ton of lines every day, five days a week. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's just like a workshop for actors to learn their skills. It's a grind. Oh, and you know what? I misspoke. So I had read that they were being that they were no longer going to be on NBC, which is true, and that's that's obviously the mm-hmm. network that creates them. They're being bumped over to Peacock. Ah, so it's only going to be on streaming. Yes. Peacock, twenty twenty two to the present. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nineteen sixty five to twenty twenty two, according to Wikipedia, the font of all knowledge. I mean, but the last time I watched Days of Our Lives, it was, you know, Stefano trying to get Marlena, you know. Yeah, Deidre Hall. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston's dad is named John. John Aniston was still on the show. Right. And uh, uh, he was on the show forever. Bowen Hope or whatever their names were. And that was that was the heyday, as far as I'm concerned, for my generation of watching Days of Our Lives. Well, you know, the, the, the people who watch it, watch it every day. I mean, that's just what they put on. And so um, that's interesting to see. Uh, so they're saying NBC will become the first big three network not to offer a daytime soap at all. Um, Crazy, and, right? Uh, so General Hospital, The Bold and the Beautiful, and The Young and the Restless will remain on broadcast television. The Young and the Relentless. Yeah. <laughs> Relentless. That's what I, get. I think that's what it says, the Relentless. But, uh, yeah. Crazy. Well, so what, a, I mean, are they just going to have five hours of The View? Because that show's terrible. 
Yeah. I, I can't watch that show. I, 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 a lot of those daytime talk shows, I find it painful to watch. Yes, you know, all of like, them. But but the view is the is the Mac Daddy of them all, and I find yeah. them so incredibly grating. Like yeah. they are this irritating, irritating women on those shows. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. I don't want to um, pick on anybody, but I find yeah, it's like they 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 tend. You know what? The, the, and and this is me. So you know, it's just personal perspective. I feel like they spout off lots of opinions about things that they form the opinion as they're saying it. And they really haven't done any research, reading, watching, or anything about the topic. And yes. so, so often they are just factually wrong on the stuff that they're spouting off about that. It just, it's, and, and I say, I find that I've watched maybe five minutes of that show, you know, at a stretch and maybe a sum total of an hour of that show over the and last 10 years. <laughs> and, and that was well, enough for me to go, these people are idiots. Yeah, um, it, you know, it, and it, I could be completely wrong. Maybe they do research it and they know this and that's just their opinions, but that's the way it came across to me. And it, it is politically one-sided, you know, mm. I, you know, the, the women of the view would gang up on poor, um, uh, McCain, mm-hmm. Um, and it well, was, you know, they, they, she just left too, didn't they? And they've hired, did, yeah. they always hire one woman who's a conservative to sit there and basically be their punching bag. Exactly. And I feel bad for that one woman. Yes. You know, and they shout her down, you know, it's funny because yes. I used to really enjoy Whoopi Goldberg, but you know, on a show where she just comes on and shouts down anybody who has a, a, a an opposing opinion, um, uh, and whoever that what's the name of the comedian that's been on there forever the Joe Bay Joy Bay and she is yeah. not even I don't know I didn't know she was a comedian because she's yeah. not funny yeah I've never seen her I've never seen any like stand up or anything that she's done I don't know but that's how they, that's how she's sort of titled so well um, I just the that the, they will say they will yeah. spout off with the most ridiculous stuff um and and some of it is it would get anybody else fired but these women the the three or four, yeah. Um, Sunny Hostin, I think, is one. What um, was it? They made they made um, uh, uh, Whoopi Goldberg take like a, a two week sabbatical at one point because she was she because she said the holy <clears throat> the Holocaust wasn't about race. That's what she said. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, huh? huh. Yeah. Six million Jews. Yeah. And gypsies and. Uh, you know. But to her, they're all just white people. Right. <laughs> How can so, it be about race? They're all just white people. Yes. You know, and I'm like, yes. ah, okay. Well, and this 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 notion, and and I've talked about this over the the course of my life and career. This notion that there is a homogenous white people thought or white people history or white people, mm-hmm. you know, anything connected to each other apart from the color of their skin is ridiculous. Oh, it's very racist. Of course it is. But, and, <laughs> but and the same is true for any that there's one yeah. monolith called Latinos and there's one monolith so, called blacks. Latinx, Latinx cuz all the Latinos love being called Latinx. Oh yeah. I hate that. You know what Spanish is a beautiful language. You know what doesn't exist in Spanish? Latinx. Yeah. <laughs> it's a gendered language. It's a beautiful language and why yeah. should woke white people go and be be uh, think that they have the right to go in and butcher it? Yeah. Yeah. That's my humble opinion, or yeah. not so humble opinion. Yeah, I think we're on the same page there. No arguments from me. Not not a <laughs> not a fan. Not yes, a fan. and and for if you're in if you think that there's a there's a a white people culture like there's one 
monolithic thing called race called white people um look at where white people live and how well they get along or don't get along in most cases um or they only get along because they can yeah, find just look ways. at europe how many wars have we had in europe because all the white exactly. people there get along together so well exactly and even on the British Isles, right? So if you look at the whitest of white people, you go to the UK, and um, even on the British Isles, the English conquered all of the other people groups, and they weren't too happy about it. The Welsh yeah. kind of threw up their hands and said, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, the, but, the, but the Scottish sure as heck didn't. Yeah. Um, and, you know, hop across the, the water, and you have Ireland, and, you know, that's always gone very yeah. well. Well, and the Welsh would argue that they actually fought back. They were just lots of little, little fiefdoms that didn't really have a consolidated sense of country and well, so they, that's they, why they were so easily walked over yeah. and they and it was much earlier too well and they so. just the thing about the they i know that they didn't fight as hard because they were allowed to keep their language yeah and the scots and the and the irish really weren't yeah i mean they you can still find people who speak gaelic in scotland and gaelic in ireland but mm -hmm. they're they're not it's not like uh it's yeah. not like the people in wales actually speak welsh it's welsh is on their signs yeah yeah. Have you, by the way, speaking of Irish, have you watched um, Belfast? I have not. I've been I've been meaning to. I watched it. Uh, I guess it was last weekend, um, and it was very impressive. It was really well done. And I know you're a fan of of um, oh, what's that historical drama with the woman who goes Outlander? To Outlander. She plays the the mom. Oh. And it took me a minute to figure out why I recognized that woman because she didn't look exactly it's, like she does. Katrina Belf. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I know who that is. Do you know, I have to say. and I, I, I didn't I realize did. she was Irish. But I, she is. Oh, she is. Yeah. Yes, she is. Very much so. Um, you hear her with the Irish accent and it's like, wait a minute. I thought she was supposed to be that proper English lady. And it's like, nope. Nope. She's an actress. She can, yeah. She, she can acts, it. believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, the, his grandmother, though, is very English, and they're playing Protestant Irish in Northern England in 1960 – or Northern Ireland in 1969, and she is uh, uh, neither. <laughs> and so it's um, – um, Interesting. Yeah, I'm blanking on the name of the lady who plays her now, famous English actress. Um, Judy Dench. Judy Dench, thank you. And it's like, yay for somebody who's saying – you know, you don't have to be what it is you're playing. You're an actor. That's your job. Yeah, exactly. I'm getting tired yeah. of that, too. Oh, I, I wouldn't play that... that role today because I'm not actually what it is I was pretending to be. Right. Like, okay. If you're an actor. Yeah. Pretty sure that, you know, <laughs> that, that, that they didn't hire actual hobbits and yeah. dwarves. Exactly. Pretty sure. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, I actually really like Kieran Hines, who... Um, He's very uh, good. You know, he was in Game of Thrones, of uh -huh. course, as um, – oh, my gosh. What was his – his? he was the king of the free folk north of the wall. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I know that this is written by Kenneth Branagh, who is Right. It's basically um, autobiographical of his life when he was a child uh, growing up in northern England or northern Ireland. Ireland. I keep saying England, northern Ireland. Um yeah, it's and it's just it's very well done. It was written by and directed by him, and he's kind of telling his story a little bit and a little bit about his family and his parents and and the choices that they made, you know. Because I mean, you're basically raising your family in a war zone, and so, you know, do you stay? Do you go? What do you do? You know. You so. know. Um, speaking of Outlander, 
which I loved the books, but I, I've got to say, I have found that I've lost interest and this is going to sound ridiculous, but you know, all, there are so many sex scenes, especially between um, uh, the two lead characters. Mm -hmm. um, they're that, like rabbits. And, they're and, it, and it seems more voyeuristic than say like the sex scenes in game of Thrones, where there are people. Wow. Like, that's saying something because I know that was a lot of <laughs> complaints people had about no, game of Thrones. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not that the sex scenes aren't there, but because <laughs> You're looking in on a married couple's private space. Right. It, for me, seems more creepy, seedy, and voyeuristic than, look, there's that so random soldier getting it on with a prostitute. Right. No, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It's it's not just the the visual uh, imagery, but it's the, the part, it, how it lays in the story. You're going like, that seems weird and tacky. And, and how is that moving I, I the story forward? Right. I really don't want to watch that. That's their mm -hmm. private moment. And even though rationally, they're actors. They're not really married. I mean, you yeah, know, they're but, not but actually they're, doing what it is that they're pretending to do. <laughs> no, but they're doing, I mean, but, you know, it looks yes, realistic. I'm sure their intimacy coordinator is making sure that they're not right. actually doing it. <laughs> exactly. That makes it a whole different kind of show. Right. But I found that that bothered me a lot. It bothered me a lot. And I, mm -hmm. and I, um, I have stopped watching it, believe it or not. Hmm. Um, I actually never finished the night book uh in outlander either so i i mm -hmm. i got through the first it few just, chapters it just and sort of petered out huh well it's it a lot of books out. and i was i mean yeah shoot. and, and <laughs> that's a long story a, to a, tell yes and there are things that diana gabaldon does as a writer and she's a phenomenal writer and this is this is this is um not a critique it's just it makes it a, a heavier book to get through that she she over describes kind of like georgia r martin over describes every mm -hmm. everything Tom so, Clancy was that way. It was like, you know, he would tell you about the scratches on the tubes that were used in the development of the the bomb that the, you know, and you're like, what? <laughs> that the bad yeah, guys were exactly. going to plant in the van that was white with, uh, you know, one tire slightly lower air than the, I mean, and you're like, wow. <laughs> and get on, on the, the one hand, it creates, like, you have a real visual image in your mind of what, what um, is happening. Right. On the other hand... You know, if you're if you're really really busy, and I am, you know, mm -hmm. it's like okay, well, kind of. I don't I don't really care that the little girl was blowing bubbles out of her lips, or the you know, that the that her hair had you know her ponytails were slightly off you know kilter or whatever. I don't care. I want to move the the plot forward, and so you know maybe when I my life isn't so um, busy, then I will pick it up again and and fall into it and really disappear. Yeah. I'm just not in the place where I can do that right now. Yeah. Yeah, you want some quick reads that are along those lines. Read like a Sue Grafton novel or something, you know. Yes. You know those those A is for alibi is a quick read, and yet it's you know. Now have I have we talked about? I like Marsha Clark. I don't you know that Marsha Clark. Yes, from the OJ trial, she is an author now, and she's mm -hmm. written uh, kind of kind of murder mystery kinds of stories mm -hmm. from the point of view of a district attorney or ADA and um, they're quick reads and they're funny and their you know, suspense is good. And I really enjoy them. Total brain candy. And I love it. Interesting. I, I not read anything of hers. I, my wife has read a whole bunch of the, um, uh, uh, I was going to say Sue Grafton, but that's not the ones. It's Janet Ivanovich? Javanet, yeah, the Janet Ivanovich ones. One for the money, two for the yeah. Those are hilarious. And those are funny because she writes 
yeah, she writes very lightheartedly and yet they're fun and, you know, and so she's, she's like read all of those and she now waits for the new one to come out each year that she writes. She basically writes like one or two a year and, uh. They're just fun. Yeah. And so she now, might. Don't watch the movie because it was terrible, but the books are really good. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We watched the movie and we've actually rewatched the movie a couple of times. I actually enjoy the movie. I don't, you know, I don't try to say it's the book because it wasn't. Uh, and I thought that, you know, there was some miscasting, but it was fun. It was stupid, well, but it was fun. I think Catherine Heigl's family was actually executive producers on the show, uh-huh. um, but I, I don't see her as a Jersey girl at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and her accent was wrong. Her mannerisms were wrong. Um, you know, the girl who would be who I would picture. And I think she actually did the reading in the audiobook. Um, You know, the girl who played Tank Girl in uh, um, there's like an 80s movie, I think, called Tank Girl. Mm-hmm. And hang on a second. I'm Googling it now. Um, and it was a comic book series. I say 80s. Maybe it was 90s. Um, Lori Petty played Tank right. Girl. I when I think of the lead character on, uh, you know, in the. In the, if I think of Stephanie Plum, that's her name. I think of Lori Petty, um, uh, not Catherine Heigl. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't disagree. I think that would have been a um, better casting. Uh, but when I look at the um, the the movie, I don't necessarily associate it with the the books. It's just I just look at the movie for what it is. And as a movie, it's not a bad movie. It stands okay. She's, she's like you said, there's, I mean, it's no worse than Kevin Costner being the only English person in Robin Hood who doesn't speak with an English accent. But, you know, I'd rather that than him try the English accent. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> it would be awful. Yeah, that's just, you know, that, talk about, uh, you know, miscasting. But, um, uh, yeah, you know. So... Well, I have a hard out, and we are about out of time. We are. We didn't even talk at all about the thing that, that I had uh, kind of laid us out to talk. So we'll just talk about it some other time. Yeah, everybody yeah. else is talking about it. For those of yeah. you all who are wondering what we were going to talk about, it's Liz Cheney. Yeah. And well, it wasn't Lover... Liz Cheney specifically. That was one article. It was basically the, the topic was about the Democrats backing Trump uh, candidates because they think they'll be easier to beat in the – uh, in the in the elections, you know, in the primaries, they're backing Trump. So they're actually putting money and advertising behind Republican candidates they think they can beat, trying yes. to get them to win the primaries. And yes. they were semi-successful at that. Yes. And I'm afraid it but, might come back and bite them, but we'll see. And and getting making putting Trump front and center is such a manipulation because he cannot he does not have the capacity to to sit back and let people kind of poke poke fun at him he's got to jump in and he he always takes the bait and if you um if he, he's going it looks like he's going to run in 2024 um and he will bring out as many democrats as he will republicans as opposed mm-hmm. to having because they've just almost guaranteed you know with all this january 6th stuff um they've almost guaranteed that he's going to be on the ticket that he's going to run um and so it sucks the oxygen out of the air for other republican candidates i'm a Ron DeSantis fan um you know Mm-hmm. So I just I'm frustrated by all of it because all of it feels false. Trump came out and endorsed a few uh, a couple of Democrats whom I know he can't stand, you know, and so he's he's endorsed them because, you know, he wants pe- people he wants Democrats not to vote for him. And he knows that the public the public the public is so reactionary, you know, 
uh, Republican bad, Democrat good, or vice versa, and that's all they know. So if they, if if the, a person they hate endorses something, well, I'm going to do the opposite. Yeah, but he endorsed drinking clean water. Yes, but still, it must be bad. I mean, come on. <laughs> we'll talk about See, that next it would, time. It would have been a good conversation. It would have. But that that didn't happen today. But we appreciate you coming and listening. We will be back again next week, probably on Thursday. But, hey, you know, just look for us on your podcast app when it pops in. And we'll see you then. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great week, everybody. All right. I'll cut it there. Awesome. Okay, cool. Have a great day. That was actually fun. That was nice to kind of just talk more uh, organically about stuff, you know? I mean, yep. I, I, that's why I just kept letting it go. I was thinking, well, should I bring it back? And I'm like, nah, yeah. we're, having a, we're having a good time. And if we're having a good time co- talking about it, then I think people pick up on that and they'll have a good time in the conversation too. I agree. And while, so. we're, while we were doing that, I updated my iPhone. Perfect. Yeah. The update was really small. You know, it was just a patch fix for the most part. So. Good. I'm glad you did it. I need to do it actually on the computer that we're that I'm recording on and working on right now because I have not updated it. But I did my phone and my iPad yesterday. Well, my phone actually did itself. I'm I'm running the um, public beta of the next version of the OS, which by the way is really hinky right now. So God, I hope they get it figured out in the next week or two when they're supposed to launch the stupid thing. Yeah. Oh, I hate it when things are pushed out when they're not ready. It, it just mucks everything up. Yeah. It's just the the battery life and weird lagginess and screens that you like, you'll click on an app and you'll get like a blank screen for like five seconds and then the app will come in and it's like, yeesh. And, uh, I, this is the first time I've run a, a beta in a long time, and it was because they said, oh, yeah, this one's pretty solid. And I'm like, well, good thing I backed it up. I can go put it yeah. back if I want because I'm not thrilled Define with solid. Yeah. Be more specific. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm just like, mm-hmm. I mean, really? it hasn't, like, rebooted in the middle of doing anything, but it gets, you know, you, you know, like sometimes your phone gets hot and you know it's doing something and your battery life is going down. It's yes. doing that, and I don't know why, and I go I in and I that. kill all the apps and – you know, and I just plug it in and charge it back up. But it's like, yeah, something's not right. So, so have a wonderful week. You too. And um, yeah, and, well, we'll uh, see you Saturday for uh, sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, Jensen's yes. flying in tonight, so she's coming down oh. for it. Well, and their tickets are right now on Southwest are so cheap, which is really surprising. Great. Surprising given the the gas prices and stuff, but we yes. got a good deal. When when Alex announced it back at my birthday, Jensen just checked and she saw like a fifty dollar ticket and she went, "Okay, I can do Sweet. that." That way, I, can I have be there a, too. I have a ball cap for her, and I've been meaning to to drop it in the mail, and I haven't done it yet, so I will give it to her this weekend. Cool. So, all right, Fun. take care. Have a great uh, Friday, and I'll see you tomorrow night. Yeah, I guess Saturday is tomorrow, isn't it? Tomorrow <laughs> sneaks up on you. Bye bye. Bye.